Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Psalm 50, 51 and 52. It is hard to believe we are already through 50 Psalms, but it just shows, you know, I think a lot of people are overwhelmed with the idea of reading the Bible because it's such a big book. But it just shows, just to, even in just three chapters um, a day, which if you're reading along with me, you you know, it doesn't take 10 minutes, I mean, at most, really, to read through three chapters of the Bible a day. And we're already one third of the way through all of the Psalms. And so in a couple of more weeks, we're going to have read, um, you know, the, the biggest book in the Bible. And so... Uh, it really doesn't take that long, just a little out of time. And and I think the words are best read that way, to be honest, as well. I mean, it's great to read five, ten chapters as well. But there's really something special about reading just enough that you can really digest and meditate upon and start working to apply in your life. Because there's definitely no test at the end of this for, for um, you know, how quickly you've made it through it. The test is every day in your life and how well you're living out the words that you're reading. And so um, I think the, 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 the smaller that I can read and the more that I can apply and the more that I can understand and teach, the better. And so this is, remember, this podcast is really born out of my own time, you know, with the Lord. This is what I do every day. I just read, you know, three chapters. And um, sometimes if I get in a little bit of a place that's, you know, just dif- difficult to um, be in, like 100% of the time, something like, Leviticus or um, Isaiah or you know just not that not that I don't love these books but sometimes I'll just pair those books maybe maybe three chapters in Isaiah with maybe uh, flipping over and, and reading maybe one chapter in the New Testament or a lot of times I've, I'm, I'm pretty much always reading in the Psalms just so you know I'm always reading in the Psalms so a lot of times even if, if it's three chapters in Leviticus it's one chapter in, in a Psalm and so you know just 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 kind of neat where we're at today. And these are three beautiful Psalms. Um, Psalm 50 is uh, a Psalm of Asaph. And um, so he's talking about the Lord here and um, he's just declaring his holiness. And then in verse 12, he, he says, this is the Lord speaking. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. You know, so the, the meaning of this passage is essentially, it just squashes our religion. It's amazing how much, how, how much success religion has 
um, all over the world, but especially religion associated with the, the God of Jacob, you know, I mean, Jewish religion and then Christian religion too. Now, when I say religion, I'm, I don't mean a system of belief. I mean, religiosity, the idea of trying to comply to certain rituals, traditions, and rules in order to please God. Whereas, and people think, well, you know, that was the way of it until Jesus came and then it became more about relationship. No, 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 no. It was always about relationship, you know, and God was always trying to explain that to them. Here he is in Psalm 50 saying, I don't want your sacrifice. I, I'm so sick of it. Quit, quit just bringing me, you know, these bulls and, and you know, splattering the, the, uh, blood everywhere and your birds and your, you know, your rams. And I don't want any of it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm disgusted with it. They say, like, whoa, I mean, does that sound like a religious God? He says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Right? That, that's it. It's always been the, the method and the means and the stuff. That's supposed to just come from the abundance of your heart postured towards God. And that goes for everything. There's so much religion, people singing of songs and going to services. Well, I go to church three times a week. Well, do you ever go to church not just so that God won't be mad at you? Do you ever just go because, because you love God? You know, that's like saying, well, I take my wife out on a date every Friday night, whether I want to or not. I don't know why my fictional person's a little bit redneck, but he is. He is today. You know, okay, do, 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 how does that date go? Because I could guarantee you if you do it out of obligation, your wife would probably prefer to just stay home and order a pizza. Or do you take her out because you love her? Because that's what the Lord's saying is, you really think you can fool me, bringing me all this stuff and splattering blood all over the place, yet you have wickedness and deceit in your heart? I don't want any of that. I want your heart. And, and, and so... You know, and, and he goes on to say, if you, but if you call on me in the day of the trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. The Lord says, I'm not a hard man to please. If you turn your heart towards me, I'll bless you. If you turn your heart towards me, I'll forgive you. If you turn your heart towards me, then I'll receive your sacrifice. Right? And, and it, but then it says, but, but that's not how you are. You, you're wicked. You're, you just recite my statutes. You know, you hate discipline. You don't want to change your ways. You don't want to do anything different. I love verse 19. You give your mouth free reign for evil and your tongue frames deceit you sit and speak against your brother you know and basically and i love that verse because the tongue is such a powerful instrument for sin and and so truly a, a wicked person is one you think well what's a wicked person one who murders one who kills one who steals how about a wicked person's one that doesn't think much about what they say a wicked person is one that doesn't carefully consider how they use their tongue when they're in the when when they're around people and they don't mind slandering people, speaking bad against their family, against their church, against their friends, against their coworkers, that's evil, is what the Bible says, right? And, and he goes, he goes. So mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. See, that's a person who's forgot God. You go, well, I didn't forgot God. I remember him. Nah, not really. No, no, no. You can tell by someone's actions whether they remember God or they forget God, right? Sort of like, you know, your kid goes and, and, you know, does something ridiculous, you know, just, just, 
you know, you know, let's say one of the your, your main rules in your house is, you know, no, no, um, yeah, I have to make up something really quickly, you know, no, no watching uh, uh, TV after eight o'clock or something like that, and and you and you go you go out on a date. Actually, this sort of thing ha has happened in my home. It, me and my wife will go out on a date, and I'll get back, and I'll catch all my kids doing all the things that they know that they're not supposed to do. One of them's on a tablet. You know, one of them's watching YouTube, one's doing this, one's doing that, somebody's eating in their room. And I and I go home and I go, yeah, you guys forgot all about me, didn't you? And they're, they're kind of like, what? You know, it's like, yeah, you did. Because as soon as I wasn't right there in the house anymore, you forgot about everything I've ever told you to do. So basically, you forgot about me altogether. You just started doing whatever you thought you wanted to, you know? And, and, and so that, that's, that's sort of what God's saying is, man, people that act this way, they forgot all about me. Because they, they have. They've pushed me out of their mind and they're just doing what they please at this point. But those who remember God, those who worship God, they, they want to live uprightly. They want to live righteously. And so he goes, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. So one who turns their heart towards me and is thankful that, I'm, that I've been faithful to them for all their days and offers me the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And then has a yearning and a desire to make his ways walk in accordance with mine, to be holy as I am holy. To that person I'll bless, to that person I'll save. Right? And, and so uh, then it goes into Psalm 51. This is a really iconic psalm because it's really well documented the moment in which it was written because it was written by David. And it's written almost immediately after his adultery with Bathsheba has been found out. And this is a really difficult moment in David's life. But um, he goes before the Lord and he confesses of his sin. And he asks that the Lord would blot out his transgressions. And he comes to the Lord with complete humility. And he says, against you and you only have I sinned. And I've done what's evil in your sight. And he goes forth and says, but I was, I was brought forth in, in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. You know, what, what, he mean, what he means by that is there, from the time that I've been born or even since I was conceived, when life first started, okay, from, from the very moment of my conception, which we know is when life starts, and that from the moment of my conception, there was sin in my heart. That's a really deep, that's a really deep thing he's saying there. Why? Because there was flesh. From the top, from even before a child has been born of its mother, there is a flesh within it. And then as soon as a child is born, it is, it is wanting, it is desiring, it is craving of the flesh, right? And, and so, you know, babies cry and they whine and they get upset and they throw their tantrums and they, you know, I've got, I've got almost five children now. I've seen this many of times play out. And so this, he's not making an excuse for this, but he says, this has been in me all my life. But behold, you delight in truth in, in, in the inward being. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. I love that passage. You should just dwell on that passage, verse 6. Because he's saying, although this has been in me, you delight in changing me. You delight in, in giving me of righteousness, true righteousness, which is not a show. But it's that my inward person is actually being changed and renewed in my secret heart. 
meaning in the secret, most deepest place of my heart. You desire to make that place clean. You don't want me to just be a person with wicked intent and evil thoughts, but yet I bridle it and control what I do. You want for me to be a person of pure thought and a person of clean heart. And then I, there's never even a chance that the wickedness has a chance to be manifested because it's not, it's not, it's not in me. So it can't come out of me. You know, that's, that's your desire for righteousness. So purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And hyssop is something they were using in those days commonly, but I think it's also prophetic too, as they lifted up the hyssop branch to Jesus, right? And so he's saying, he's saying, cleanse me, Jesus, cleanse me, right? And so he says, cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. You see David's heart. David had just sinned, but his heart is still so after God. That he's like, Lord, I just messed up. But man, please, whatever you do, just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. And if you do this, he says, I'll be a testimony to you. I'll share of you all the days of my life. My tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. Oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You see, again, well, I, I don't you see I just don't know where we're getting this whole religion thing right <laughs> but you know he's you will not delight in sacrifice I'd give it to you if you would but the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart oh God you will not despise meaning Lord if I could bring you something physically physically tangibly I'd bring it to you but I know that's not what you want what you want is me humble at your feet what you want is me at your altar Lord, so that's what I bring you. What you want is me humbled before you. What, what you want is, is, is me in a broken state, realizing, realizing the uselessness of my flesh without you. Realizing the default that, that if, I don't take, if I don't let you come and do a new work in me, that I will always be programmed. And, pre, and I'll, but there'll be a predisposition in me to sin. So I'm asking that you would come and heal me and change my inward man. And make me a new person. I know that's the sacrifice that you want. And I know that you won't turn your face away from a person that's broken before you. And we need to be broken before the Lord. We need to be undone before the Lord. The Lord does not desire that we would act as though we have it all together. And write big checks every Sunday. That's not what God desires of us. He asks, He would rather you bring $3 each week to church Sunday. But bring a broken spirit yearning and to, to learn and grow and change and be renewed and be a better husband and be a better wife and be a better father and be a better son and be a better daughter and be a better mother and be a better co-worker and be a better employee. He would rather you bring your broken self before him so that he could bless you than for you to bring your pretending self that you have it all put together and then let all these, uh, you know, try to volunteer in the nursery, write a big check here and volunteer on the worship team. He's saying, this is all great, but I want all of that to come from a real genuine place of your heart, not as a show to try it, because I'm not honored by that, you know? And he said, I don't want your religion. I want your relationship with me, and I want everything that you do to come from that place of genuine love and affection for me. In Psalm 52, which I've not allowed myself much time, what else is new? But he's going through, and um, he, this is a difficult season in David's life where he's been, but he just feels as though he's been betrayed. And so he says, why do you boast of evil, almighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all day. Basically, he's saying, you love more than evil, than, you love evil more than good. You've done wicked things, but God's going to find you out. And one of these days, people are going to laugh at you because ultimately, all darkness comes to light. But unlike you, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. And I will thank you, God, forever because you have done it.
Praise your name. I will thank I will thank you because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. So David says, although the wicked are around me, and although I've been betrayed, and although those people think that they're going to prosper in their betrayal against me, I know that they will eventually become to ruins because God is not with them. But God is with me. Thank you that you're with me, Lord. Thank you that you've done it. Thank you that you've already done it. I'll praise you before it even happens. Thank you that, that, that I'm just going to wait for your name because it is good in the presence of the godly. And so as we're exiting today's passage, I just think there's a deep call within us as God's people to bear ourselves humbly before Him. As David said, Lord, examine me, point out anything in me that's offensive to you. Here I am at your feet, a broken and contrite spirit, a heart facing towards you. Would you, would you do what Psalm 51 verse 10 says? I love that passage. I want to leave us with it today. Psalm 51 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. That should be our prayer before the Lord each day. Make me anew. Make me anew. And then, Lord, let everything that I'm giving you be out of a right place of my heart because I am broken before you.